Welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 11. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's, let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still think we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T-Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. Our guest today is well known for so many in so many of the circles of the music music industry. She is an actress, an artist, an activist, an all-around inspiration. She has both gold and platinum studio albums. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a huge welcome to the most illustrious queen of punk, Biff Naked. Hey, Hello. That's so nice. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> me? Are we talking about me? <laughs> That's wonderful. So nice. We are so thankful to have you Absolutely. today on the show. We're, we're both really and excited. And I'm happy to be here. Wow, this is so cool. So I know we are limited for time, and, and you've been so gracious to give us what you have. So we're going to jump right into our, our regular questions. We're actually changing our format today. We normally have some funny news things, and we get people involved. But uh, this is the Biff Naked Show. This is all about you today. <laughs> so I heard, just, I heard just Naked Show, and I accidentally didn't wear pants. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> oh, well, okay. Matt got the wrong me- mepo. I was wondering. Much yeah. more comfortable. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so you've had such a, a wild history. We want to spare you a lot of the, those questions of struggles and get down to those magical times of your life. And yes. we're really, really curious. Like you got into the indus- the music industry at a pretty young age. At what point did you decide that you had the gift to song and, and wanted a career in music? I'm still wondering that myself. You know, the truth is I, I never took well I mean it's obvious I never took a singing lesson (laughs) (laughs) however um I just you know I was a theater major and and I really thought that I would go into like theater I was at the University of Winnipeg um studying theater and sociology with a very 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 hot professor and political science with a professor that was absolutely not hot not hot (laughs) um so I probably would have had a bad time but what happened was uh, these kids in my class had a band and they basically said, come and, you know, hang out with us and, and jam with our band. And that was the end of it. I I found a vehicle for my poetry writing. I found a vehicle for performance and, and, and you know, my, my political things that I believed in. And it was such a good fit for me. Um, and of course, you know, back in 1990, 1989, you know, punk rock as a genre for someone like me was very forgiving. I, I didn't really have to be able to sing like Christina Aguilera, obviously. <laughs> uh, so it was, uh, I mean, it was just such a good fit. It was like finding myself, finding my calling. Yeah, it's beautiful to find that venue to the, just be able to wrap everything all up into one package for you. It was amazing. It was like tying it in a bow. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. Well, going into uh, <clears throat> my question, um, when did you know that you had made it? Like, what was the, this is the real deal, I'm on my way moment? 
You know, the first time I heard my song on the radio was 1995. And that's not like indie radio. It's not like my college bands or anything like that. That was like a real single on a real radio that was a reporting station that people like my sister and my mother listened to. And it was just a a magical moment in my life. I still remember sitting on my floor in my little apartment that had cockroaches. And I I kept fantasizing they all had sandwiches. Anyway, long story. Uh, And so I sat on the floor around this little tiny radio and I listened, I was by myself and I listened because we knew back then uh, they would tell us in advance what time they were going to play our song. Like, so literally, you know, the world Counted stopped. The clock we stopped down. whatever we were doing. It was amazing, you know, that we could find that stuff out. Um, but it was amazing. Uh, the song was My Whole Life. And I actually put the video to My Whole Life up on my Facebook page today. Fantastic. Uh, All our listeners can go over and check that out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was like... Time. It was a profound, a profoundly um, incredible moment that I'll never forget. Can I jump and, back? And since you... then, everything's been gravy. Since that moment in 1994, everything else has been the icing on the cake. It's beautiful. It starts a smile on your face and it keeps on rolling. Did, um, it never stops. Did, did you say that you were picturing the cockroaches had little sandwiches or that, that you were having a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> no, the cockroaches had little sandwiches. I always thought fantastic. that they were all like... You know, like they're so social. Like they're Joe's apartment. Like, yeah, exactly. They're just all eating and like, you know, kibitzing. I don't know what they were up to. But That's they so didn't cool. like it when I turned the stove light on. They would scatter. Most people want to squish him. You're just like, hey, let's come have it for dinner. It's a tea party now. They're like, yeah, they all had little baby ones. And they had like little shiny shells. Here I'm just like... Burn the apartment. It's, it's <laughs> yours. <laughs> yeah. oh. They were like the Rockettes. <laughs> <laughs> so you started your um, career off with a few other bands, and then in your early 20s, you started your own recording company uh, called Her, Her Royal Majesty's Records. Uh, was that because you got tired of everybody else having too much input or a creative control, or were you just determined to be your, like your own entity? Well, honestly, I had to. Um, I was signed to a label and we made my first record and then that label folded like you know within a couple of weeks and it had a couple of the bands on the label at the time too not just me um but the distributor at the time was not interested in a girl with tattoos so they didn't pick it up and that was it and I just thought that can't be it that can't be everything am I supposed to just go back to university now like that's it? No. I was like, that can't be it. I'm 24 years old. You know, it can't be it. So we like started the record laughing. company. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, thank you for persevering. Right? Yeah, yes. that's amazing. Uh, yeah. We just so. started a record company and then just started licensing um, the record and then going to tour in the countries that licensed it. And that's kind of how it started. I look back and think about the 90s and I'm just like, you could get away with anything back then, right? <laughs> you could just, yeah. you're just yes like, you know what? I'm no. starting my own record I mean, company. <laughs> Yeah, back then it was very different. I mean, you know, we expected to sleep in the van. We expected to get paid in beer. Like we weren't, <laughs> we didn't have all these expectations uh, that many artists have today. And they, they kind of uh, value themselves so differently. We were happy if three people came to a show, you know, and now bands can't get signed unless they have, you know, a certain amount of 
followers on Instagram. And that's just like, to me, that's insanity. It's yeah. insanity. There's no more development deals for young artists. It's, so. I, I find oh, it's less, do you find that it's less about the music, more about the image these days? Well, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the truth is whatever song moves you is going to move you. Oh, it doesn't matter what image somebody has. If you connect with a song, if a song really connects with you, you're going to love the song. And, and there's nothing that, you know, will deter you if, if it's a song that you really like. And that's the truth. Yeah, it, it's it's true, right? I mean, Rod Stewart was an ugly ass motherfucker. Yet he, he, <laughs> everybody loved his music at the time. Like it's, it's so true. It's so well, true. yeah. I mean, he. I mean, I can sit here and we can sing. You know, do you think I'm sexy? Like we know all the words, and we were like, <laughs> you know, children, toddlers when that came out. Not even some some of his songs came out before any of us were born. It's true. And, but we still know them because. Music is really timeless, just like art, just like writing. That's right. <laughs> it's true. People did find him sexy, too. I don't understand that. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, so your music has had a lot of different feels to it over the years. Um, being predominantly punk, um, and you've had a mix of rock and pop influences to shape as well. Um, was that... <laughs> That kind of hybrid style, was that something that just came to you or was there something that influenced you along the way? I think it was probably my generation, too, because um, all of us Gen X kids, you know, kind of cut our teeth on Lollapalooza. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could we could like Public Enemy and The Clash and Madonna and, you know, Jane's Addiction. And we, we liked all genres of music anyway. And so for me to make a record as a solo artist, I felt very lucky to have worked with uh, the people that I did work with because they were like, yeah, what do you feel like writing today? And we were like, I don't know, let's write a rap song. (laughs) I don't know, let's write a punk song. And it was, you know, it was very freeing in in many ways. But at the same time, it was a deterrent for many record labels. Uh, You know, they really wanted me to pick a style. And I just always kind of through a girl who listens to everything. And uh, and I think it's true today also. I think a lot of people who like urban music also, you know, there's a couple country songs that they also like, and there's probably, you know, several pop songs they like. Everybody loves Vivaldi, you know, the Four Seasons. I mean, we just, I think that musical tastes really are uh, quite varied and quite vast. I think it's cool. It's yeah. true. You kind of mentioned about the with the '90s. That that's tr- like the same thing as as growing up and, and being a teen through the '90s. Uh, I definitely found people would always ask me nowadays, "Oh, what's what's your favorite music?" And and because I have such a a musical history back in those times, like I'm just I don't have a, a favorite. Well, Biff Naked, but if, <laughs> you know, if, but if but if someone generally asked you, like you didn't have something nowadays, people could say, "No, I like rap," or "I'm I'm just about this," and they're not. Uh, they're a little bit more focused nowadays. Where we were such a mishmash of of, of musical influences back then. It, yes, absolutely. It actually that actually reminds me uh, of of a story that I heard. So one of my favorite bands um, is Linkin Park, mm-hmm. and uh, mm. I remember uh, hearing the story about how um, their critics and and even their label at some time tried to get them to stray from the path of being that kind of hybrid rock metal rap, um, and, and they said no way, and they stuck to that hybrid style. 
and and you know obviously they've become big and uh they've kind of made it and uh, a lot of people are glad they did so it, it sounds like you've you've really just kind of stuck to your whatever you felt stick was to your guns. Yeah, yeah stick stick to your guns so that's amazing well, I don't know. I think that uh, I think anyone in my position would probably have done the same thing, just because they would have had the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. And and that actually kind of brings me to my my next question: How hard was it being a female musician competing in a male dominated genre of that time period, and and carving out your own position in fame? Well, honestly, it was probably pretty daunting. Um, you know, it's hard for me to remember. I've been doing this so long, but it was really, uh, it was defeating, to be honest with you, for a long time, because it was difficult for girls uh, to be taken seriously. Um, you know, I would try and literally wear no makeup, wear baggy clothes, because I didn't want anyone to think that I was there to blow the band. Yeah. Or that yeah. I was somebody's girlfriend or that I was there to, you know, I don't know. It was just uh, to, I felt always the pressure, maybe it was just for punk shows, uh, but I felt the pressure to work twice as hard to be considered half as good. And I didn't begrudge that in any way. And I didn't, uh, I didn't feel hard done by, by that because I felt that it was kind of, a reflection of society in general. Every job was the same. I'm sure that we would hear the same thing from, you know, I don't know, the hospital janitors, uh, you know, women versus men. Those equity uh, struggles are always, have always been there. And I mean, who knows? They may always be there. Uh, So I didn't begrudge it. I never felt like a victim. It just made me work harder. And uh, and I like hard work. You know, I liked working and and I liked... Um, having that purpose, it was very, it drove me, uh, definitely to try very, very hard to excel. And sometimes, and I'm sure all of us can think in our own personal lives, because this is true also for, uh, our personal lives, but sometimes spite is a great motivator. Yeah, it's true. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure my grandmother plans on living, outliving all of us just purely out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know you're right. It, it's it's truly that that age, and and it hasn't really as much as I'd like to say we've progressed so much more. But I mean, you even look at the amount of nurses who put in so much more work than the average doctor at half the pay, and they're truly doing everything, and they're keeping a lot of the hospital systems together. Um, yes, right. And and uh, and the same thing goes for for you and your industry that you know you're working so hard. To, to just be seen as an equal. And meanwhile, like you are, are paving the road for so many other artists that came in after you. Well, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't say, you know, I think for me, there were artists that paved the way for me. But when I was a young woman, most of my mentors were men. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like they were the ones that were breaking down those doors. Uh, so that someone like me could come through. You know, uh, a lot of the mentors that I had were, I mean, they were all the punk singers in bands, and most of them were men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But of course there was Madonna. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She, she was <laughs> so and... because of her, I started wearing a black bra 
in the eighth grade <laughs> under my white t-shirts, much to my mother's horror. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I just look at her and I think uh, people like Madonna uh, in that era for me and even Boy George and, and uh, you know, all the popular uh singers of my childhood, like Cindy Lauper and uh, Janet Jackson. I mean, these were, you know, now we look at them as being so iconic, but really they did influence us, mm-hmm. uh, even in subtle ways we may not have realized. And, and it's so funny that you use Madonna as an example, because Madonna, as far as I know, didn't have any formal training either as a singer. It wasn't until later did she she's actually take some vocal lessons, but she'd already kind of made her mark before then. Yeah, it's amazing. And the one thing that I uh, really loved about her was the fact that she came from a dance background, which was my background. I had 13 years of ballet. And it was, you know, when I decided I couldn't be a ballerina anymore, I went into wanting to be an actor in the theater. And uh, yeah, singing was a real afterthought for me. But I mean, I can't imagine having done anything else with my life now. Yeah. Well, all right. We'll st- strain a little bit aside here. Um, Actually, it's a bit of a good segue when you think it, about it. It is, yeah. I, this is kind of cool. So, I, our listeners know that I'm a huge gaming nerd. Um, so, and and I found out that not only do you have some of your song tracks in games, but you were actually the voice of Zoe Payne in uh, SSX. So that's right. I was just wondering how how was that experience? Oh my god, I couldn't talk. Oh my god, <laughs> doing Zoe is like. Hey, yeah, cool. You know, it was like all this resonance. Um, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to do for anybody. I don't know how uh, uh, voice actors do it for animated series constantly, constantly. You know, they're they're almost like opera singers in a way. They really have to baby their vocal cords. Uh, but for me to do Zoe Payne, it was a great fit. I, it was such a, a treat, a privilege, an honor. I was so excited. Uh, to be able to do that. I loved it. And I loved uh, doing doing her voice. I mean, you know, she was sassy and athletic. And I don't know, it was uh, it was uh, something that I will always feel very proud of being yeah. able to do. She was she was like a real badass character on the game. I, actually, it's funny, because I remember playing it. And, and um uh, and so funny because I didn't actually connect the two until much, much later. Um, but but truly, it's it's almost like this character was a personification of your image as a punk singer. And I mean, that that's that's very humbling to hear that, because, yeah, she is definitely an an ass kicker. Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, so uh, you've done some amazing covers of other bands along the way, like such as Twisted Sisters, We're Not Going to Take It, and Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. And, and first, I have to say that you you really rocked it, and you made it feel... Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I've, it's so hard for me to now go back and listen to the original artist because it's almost the way you sing it made it sound like this should have been sung by a female vocalist right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. So is is my I guess my question kind of in that is is there a cover that you always wanted to do but never got a chance? Oh, there's a million. Oh. There's a mil. I mean, I think everybody uh, would say any artist that you talk to, I'm sure, has a, a long list of uh, of tracks. I mean, oh yeah, there's a million tracks. There's uh, Miss Shadowing by Katie Lang. There's. Um, 
where you now by Janet Jackson. There's, I mean, there's just a million. There's Eartha Kitt songs. There are Nat King Cole songs. There are Pantera songs. There are, I mean, I can think of a million songs I would love to do. And, uh, you know, I never, I, I never went out except for working. So because I've just done basically concerts and, and stuff like that for my entire adult life, it never really, I never kind of like went out to bars with, for fun mm-hmm. with my friends. So I missed the whole karaoke thing. And uh, I always thought that that would be you would have kicked everybody's that. ass anyway. You know, I, I'm, I'm put this <laughs> well, right I don't now. know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I would have to pick easy songs with no vocal acrobatics, you know. You know. But uh, I, lo- I love music, and I, there's a million songs that I would love to sing. Tony Braxton, Whitney Houston, I mean, anything, country songs, name it. I love it all. If you're ever in the Kingston area, we will totally take you out to a karaoke bar. And the next time we come up the Toronto way, if you're ever, ever interested in hitting a karaoke bar, we would totally be on board for that. Yes. Oh, that's so nice. That Thank so you. That's so amazing. <laughs> um, Thank you. Of all the, uh, the covers, so we kind of talked about the back. And honestly, I, I truly, truly feel like you could sit down and just publish a whole album of cover songs and it would sell like crazy. And I, and I know it's so oh, funny because it, it's kind of, it feels like going backwards because a lot of bands or vocalists start off doing covers. And then I, I think it would be so fun, ironic that you turn it around, you'd be like, no, I've made my songs and now I'm going to cover other people and make a whole bunch of albums and rock that out. Oh yeah, that would be, that would be a dream. That'd be a dream. But you know, and now the way people do records is different. They just, you know, they just, you can do it and just, basically put it up on your SoundCloud or put it up on Spotify, you know? So in one way, that's a lot easier because your music will get to more people faster. Yep. And you don't have to worry Uh, about record decks saying no. no. The other way, you're in the bread line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Is there any any song that's been on the radio in like the last month or so that you were like, oh, I, I could cover that, you know, and just... Oh, I'm like trying to sing, sing in the shower moment where the, the song that you think of when you're in the shower and you're like, I'm going to start singing this. And, yeah. I love every song so much. And I listen to so much talk radio or in the car. I have one CD, like literally I have one CD that I keep listening to over and over again. And it's by a Turkish pop star oh. named Tarkan. Wow. And so I would love Check to cover out. a Tarkan song. There's one called Kuzu Kuzu. I love it. I love it. Like, it's my favorite song. I can't speak Turkish, but I love this song. It's funny. I've had a Depeche Mode CD kicking around in my car for like ever and a day. (laughs) And it's like the only one that's like, uh, actually, it was, um, they they had a a whole bunch of um, alternative artists cover their music. So it's it's oh, all famous right. artists like Smashing Pumpkin and and Dishwalla, and they all cover um, the Depeche Mode's greatest hits, and it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and it's just it's just been in my CD player all this time. <laughs> now we have yeah, to listen see, to that. I'm the same way. I just leave the same CD in there. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so That's great. Um, in in 2013, you received an honorary doctorate from the University of Fraser Valley. Um, does that mean that we can call you Doctor Naked now? Yes. <laughs> yes, actually. That, that should yeah, be the exactly. next album name, Dr. Naked. Dr. Naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of Dr. Feel Good. Yeah. yeah, no, that was a great, that was such a great honor for me. At the time, uh, my father was still alive 
and uh, I think that uh, he was more proud of that than he was my being on the Tonight Show. It meant everything to him. That's as I tell you, it's always about the education. Yeah, it like, is. Look at all the things I've accomplished, Dad, and it's a damn doctorate. <laughs> yeah, he was so he was so happy. That's true. My my dad was kind of the same way, except for I didn't get a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> you ate the most at that buffet that one time, though. right? It's still a certificate I hold above my bed. <laughs> Um, so you've you've opened and played with uh, many many other popular artists such as Green Day, Snoop Dogg, uh, Billy Idol, Sarah McLaughlin, Cher, Shell Crow, few Foo Fighters, uh, The Cult. Uh, what was it like? What was it like like being uh, and and would you which one of people one of those bands would you love to do a, a collaboration with nowadays? Oh gosh, I mean I, I've never met another band I didn't like. Number one, I love everybody. Um, in Germany, we played with a Prodigy. Oh, and uh, and cool. they were just, uh, I mean, they were just phenomenal, phenomenal musicians. It, they were just so incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I just think there's so many different bands that I would love to collaborate with, of course. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I don't play an instrument, or at least not well enough that I want to do songwriting with them. So I've always done my songwriting with other people um you know i'm a lyricist and a, and a singer and so i've i've always kind of been able to lean into what the other person is writing and i love that i love collaborations and uh yeah just about yeah just about anybody you can even think of i would i would love to collaborate with i love it that's amazing um so we do have some questions from listeners now we had a very overwhelming amount of questions cut yeah. come in. Uh, I did have to weed through a lot of the, are you married? Will you marry me? Uh, <laughs> and and um, is there any chance that we can go on a date questions? Uh, but we did come up with... People a, who don't have a computer. Right? <laughs> or people who are just hopeful and, and despite... <laughs> but um, so I, I, one of the first questions that came in, and I have to ask this one because my wife would kill me if I didn't. It was one of hers. Uh, she had asked what your favorite tattoo on your body is and why. With the follow-up of, do you always use lip liner because your lipstick looks amazing? I always lose use lip liner, always, every day, even at the gym, even in the hospital. And it's sad, actually, but I love it. It's and, okay; she uh, would high five you have, right now. <laughs> I've always overpainted my lips, and girls like me, uh, that we we didn't have Instagram to learn how to do makeup. We were taught by drag queens. And so the way I do my lip liner, the way I do my lip liner is how I was taught to do it. I still do it the same way. I overpaint my lips and uh, I have a very deep, I think it's called a Cupid's bow. I have a very deep Cupid's bow that I've always painted straight every day I've had makeup. Like, I mean, we're talking 35 years. I have painted this thing straight. Straight, and uh, and I'm when I don't find the right color in lip liner, I will use either eyebrow pencil or eyeliner. That's my that's my spiel on lip liner. That's yes, amazing. always yes. Lip liner, powder, <laughs> lipstick over top, blot powder. Go. She was gonna have and me ask it. you like like if you went to Starbucks and your, your special drinks and all this stuff. I'm like this this is not a girl gab session. I, I can't keep asking you all these questions. But I promised her to ask you about the lip liner and your favorite tattoo. That's right. Well, my favorite tattoo is the uh, the first one I ever ever got, which is uh, 
It's the little Egyptian eye. Some people call it the eye of Horus. And really what it, why I got it was because it was the all-seeing eye, uh, the mother of truth. And, and you know, it's, it's just always been on me, you know, since I was uh, old enough to drive a car. And even though it's kind of faded uh, by this time, I still, it's still my favorite out of all, like, I don't even know. I think I have 70 something. Wow. I don't know. Wow. Wow. I, a lot of people get more than one. I've always got one at a time, usually for a milestone or something profound. And then I'm motivated to do that. Um, and I always have another idea for tattoos. I, I never, I never stop. I keep wanting to tattoo my hand, oh. uh, but I have a buddy who's a comedian, a local comedian here in Toronto their name is B Bertrand. You can look B up. Uh, and B got uh, their cat's face tattooed on their hand. <laughs> nice. And it's so sweet. It's so sweet. But B's uh, hand swelled. Like the, the, the part of the hand that was tattooed swelled oh, wow. a lot. And so that fear keeps me from getting one. But I think that I'm going to get like, I don't know what I would get, like lady luck or like, you know, something on my hands. I always think I, I want something on my hands, but I'm sure I'm sure it would be very unbecoming. <laughs> <laughs> People rock. If I did that. Okay. You, yeah, you can rock, rock it. it. Yep. Do it. <laughs> hey, but and now it's popular. That's right. If my hand swelled because I got my cat, I'd just feed the cat more so it matched the swelling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. The cat would love it. That's right. Um, okay, well, I got another question here. Um, so Dave asks, um, your songs were like the soundtrack of my adolescence. Uh, who do you wish you could, uh, you would perform with from the nineties one more time? Oh boy. Huh, just one name of a band. <laughs> yeah. I wonder yep, who it one. would be. <laughs> I wonder who it would be. Cause there's so many bands that I love so much. It would be really hard to pick just one. Honestly, I would have to say, I would have to say Green Day, because those guys, those guys really are, you know, they just, you know, for us and for our generation, they were the punks that made it. And they are so good live, and they've been doing it for so many years, and they still have the most energetic, fantastic show um, they're just, they're fantastic people and to have been able to kind of watch them grow up and, and, uh, achieve and, and follow through with success is, is really heartwarming. And you know, I, funny just, I think the world of them, they're yeah, great, they're great people. Funny. Yep. Um, the, okay. So the next one we have uh, is from Don. Uh, what other music influences have had an impact on your life or even, uh, a style that you compose in? A style that I what? Compose in. Compose in. Yes. Oh, well, you know, like the way we write songs is almost always uh, guitar and vocal. Uh, you know, mostly it's acoustic guitar and vocal. So I tend to really gravitate uh, towards those type of uh, songs. I think that's why the Civil Wars was so popular uh, with people and particularly my generation um you know the the band i'm pretty sure they broke up by now but i mean that kind of you know that kind of easy 
type of acoustic and vocal uh, singer-songwriter stuff, you know, it's so clear. You can hear so much emotion usually in the delivery of uh, anyone's vocal. You just really believe what they say. You hear the words, and uh, it tends to to be really powerful. And I still connect with that uh, almost almost more than you know, screamo hardcore. You know that I believe in that's political. I, I really still always really love the singer songwriter. Simplicity of acoustic and vocal. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, next question. Uh, this one's from Carrie. Um, if you were on a desert island, what what is one luxury item um, that you'd take with you that you can't live without? Hmm, that's a very good question. One item only uh, on a desert island. One luxury item. Well, I'm going to say water. You know, to be honest, beautiful choice. It's so practical. (laughs) Well, I mean, because it really is a luxury in this day and age, in this world. You know, to be able to have water is uh, a a big freaking miracle. Uh, That it's safe enough to drink, and that it's clean, and that it's plentiful. You can wash. You know, like I don't know, man. I think that uh, that's probably it's pretty. It might sound kind of boring. Uh, that that's my choice, but that's the the luxury item that I that I would have with me. That's perfect. Um, so we have an Instagram listener, and uh, it's a, a DJ uh, name that goes by uh, Gonzo Kitty, and uh, has uh, basically it asks, uh, having struggled with an autoimmune disease from a young age, uh, Crohn's disease, uh, disordered eating became a norm to sustain body weight in the Western beauty standard. Uh, I did great harm. I don't do it anymore, but the demons are still strong. I would love to hear your views on food and body standards and how they've over, uh, evolved over time, uh, especially with your complex meta- medical history and if it played a role in it. And there's a quick follow-up is uh, how do you remain on track and positive with food? Oh, wow. It's such a loaded question. It's so hard for anybody. Um, you know, I think we're in an era now uh, and I could be wrong, but I think that we're in an era now where it's a little bit easier to just be yourself in one way because, you know, body positivity was not a thing when I was an adolescent at all. It was not a thing. And even in my 20s, you know, it wasn't a thing. So I can totally relate to having uh, obviously not such a uh, such a, a disease as that, but I mean... Any any one of us who has any kind of, you know, tummy troubles, ultimately it can fall into the blanket of IBS, you know. And so for me, uh, as someone who was constantly on a tour bus with other people and trying to find uh, vegan food, I've been vegan since, you know, the 90s, uh, and I was always the only vegan, you know, so I'm not going to take up space. Uh, when we're going for a band meal where I have to make everybody stop what they're doing to find me a vegan or vegetarian restaurant. It's not how I'm built. A lot of people in this day and age feel that that, that's what they are entitled to do, and that's great, but it just wasn't me. So when we would go uh, to eat together as a band, I would often uh, be stuck having a salad, literally, and I wouldn't eat the dressing. Thank you. (laughs) But I mean, in most of these restaurants, especially back then, you know, it was shit. Yeah. Like really, it was like, 
Well, it was from a bag and it was uh, iceberg lettuce. And, uh, you know, I was just had to be satisfied with that. I wouldn't eat a potato, you know, because we were basically, you know, on stage in half tops, for God's sake, in the 90s. I mean, God. Um, And and so, and there was, and I would always get a stomachache if I deviated from how I ate. Uh, And I, I was on a tour bus or in a van. So it's not like I had access whenever I wanted to, to go to a toilet yeah, that's um, true. or anything. So it, it became a way of life for me uh, to exist on very, very little. And I, I felt at the time it was more important uh, for me not to take up space in the room and with demands than it was to, to get proper nutrition. So I was anorexic for a long time. I didn't know it. You know, mm. I didn't really think that I never, you know, I, I, I didn't faint. I didn't lose energy. I never, believe me, I never threw up my food, um, ever. I was a raw food vegan, uh, and all that I was told I was a raw food vegan, but I, all I knew was I ate apples and bananas because it's all I could find Mm -hmm. half the time, you know, that I would be willing to eat. I didn't want to eat potato chips and, you know, stuff like that. It's not how I ate. Uh, and I didn't eat rice, and I didn't eat bread because I got a stomach ache. And so, I mean, to it all, um, you know, I look back now, it, it took me having breast cancer uh, for me to kind of stop being so worried about my weight or my body or my eating. I'll always be a vegan. Uh, I've always been vegan uh, through my cancer treatment. But suddenly, when I was in chemotherapy, let me tell you, I wanted fucking rice. <laughs> and, you know, like that's all I wanted. I wanted sweet potatoes and I wanted rice and I wanted a lot of it. Uh, and I had probably the from the first chemo, uh, six weeks in, I probably gained 35 pounds in six oh, weeks. Wow. And it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I mean, physiologically, my lymphatic system was, uh, you know, very uh, compromised and it was uncomfortable. And of course I lost all my hair, gained all this weight and still was making a record and, you know, then had to go on tour. And it was a real mind fuck, even for me, you know, uh, because I just felt like a dancing monkey. I didn't feel like I, I didn't look like I used to look. I didn't have my, you know, trademark long hair with bangs. I had fuzz on my head. And also, I, you know, I wasn't this, you know, jumping bean, scrawny girl. <laughs> I was a very, I was a curvy woman, mm-hmm. you know, who just survived breast cancer. So it took me a long time to be able to uh, just kind of feel not self-conscious and feel um, just happy to be healthy. You know, and a lot of people kind of don't understand that goes hand in hand with cancer. And when you recover from cancer treatments, um, you know, a lot of people kind of dismiss uh, your emotions because they basically look at you and say, you should just be happy you're alive. And then you feel ashamed mm-hmm. because you you think you're right. I should. Why do I feel so self-conscious or all these other things? It was an amazing uh, trip, you know, to be on. And it took me till now to really get to a place where I just don't give a flying 
I think it's a huge testament to, to how much of a badass you are that you're going through all this and you're still getting up and doing concerts and, and albums. And most people be like, fuck this. Like, I, I'm sick and I need to get over this first. And you're just jumping up like, nope, I'm going to keep going. That's amazing. Well, yes and no. Most yeah. women still have to work. Yeah. And most women still have to do all that unpaid labor, which is still take care of the kids and make the meals and clean the house, even if they're in treatment. And uh, and it, it, it really is a remarkable thing. And also there's lots of women who don't uh, want anyone to, to think they're sick or to dote over them. Mm-hmm. So they go to work. And the, and I learned, I mean, me, you know, I look back now and I think, well, even if I wasn't, you know, on deadlines and, you know, plus I keep tease, I tease uh, all my management and say, you thought I was going to croak. So you kept me working, you pricks. <laughs> but, you know, so in case I croaked, you want to make sure I had a record in the can. That's right. Uh, but the truth is, I think I probably would have uh, wanted to work anyway. And now, you know, treatment has come so far that, um, you know, people uh, can really try and manage their treatments Mm -hmm. and it gets very personalized now so that people can still have somewhat of a normal life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, perfect. Uh, So we have another very quick section of the show here we would love to uh, to get into, and I know because you're pressed for time. uh, We have what's called our rapid fire question section. And what if this Ooh, is, I love is that. <laughs> Matt asks you 20 very quick questions uh, that you just come up with the first thing that comes off the top of your head. It doesn't matter if it's ridiculous. Just just blurt it out. Okay? <laughs> okay. It, and it does get ridiculous. It's, it's great. So. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> no, don't be. We're going to have a good time. And uh, just just be funny or you can tell my, Matt to go fuck off. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. <laughs> Question one. Favorite movie of all time? Babe Pig in the City. (laughs) PS4, Xbox, or Switch? Oh, Snake has a PS4. There we go. Favorite food? Popcorn. Favorite book? Hmm. You can say yours. The guide to the the guide to the MCAT. Yeah. I've read it forty times. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Favorite Marvel character. Oh, I think it would probably be Captain Marvel. Ooh. Favorite '90s dance song. Favorite '90s dance song. Yep. Ooh. Favorite '90s dance song. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's so hard, um, um, because all the songs that I like are from probably right before the nineties. So favorite nineties dance song? Can I can I say like can I still say everything but the girl? You can say anything you want. You can say anything. That's good. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. Favorite favorite DC character? DC character? Yep. Um. DC character. Favorite DC character. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, a DC character? Would that be like, is that is that Spider-Man? Batman. Superman. Superman. I'm going to say Spider-Man. All right. 
Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, have you ever had a famous celebrity come up to you and be like, hey, you're Biff Naked, and you were like, I'm sorry, I have no idea who you are? A famous celebrity? Yeah. yeah. Never. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that no famous celebrities ever come up to me. I've probably always ran up to them screaming and crying first. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's never actually happened that way. <laughs> um, PC or Mac? Well, I've only had a computer since 2006, and it was a Apple Mac. All right. Wow. iPhone or Android? Well, I still am on an iPhone. <clears throat> nice. Poutine or fish and chips? Oh, well, I don't eat fish, even though they have now mock fish or vegan fish. Um, yeah, I probably would just, I would say fish and chips, and I would probably just eat the French fries. Chips it is. Chips it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey, Rosie O'Donnell, Ellen DeGeneres, you got a sex one, kill one, marry one, go. I, wow. <laughs> we asked this of everybody. Well, I don't know. So Oprah or Ellen or... Rosie. Do I have to kill somebody? You, you gotta. Yeah, it's just the way the game's played. <laughs> I see. I like everyone so much. Um, so I think I would like to have... I think I would probably like to have sex with probably like... Probably like... Yeah... See, that's a really hard one because I would like to have sex with both of, with all of them. And ki- so I have to have sex with one and kill one and... Marry one. I see. I see. Well, um, I would like to marry Ellen and then I would like to have sex with Oprah and then I would like not to kill very hard Rosie. <laughs> that is the best answer. That is the kindest answer <laughs> ever. But I know that Alan. But I know that Alan's married. So maybe I'll just switch it. I'll reverse it because she's already married. So right. I'll <laughs> Oprah and then have sex with Alan. Oh, so nice. That is. That's the nicest answer we've ever that's had. That's right. Um, Eminem or Drake? Ooh, I really like Drake. All right, Good. Canadian boy too. So that's yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, play for the home team. What is your spirit animal? Well, I don't know. I would I would say probably my dog Nicholas. Um only because he's passed away and so now I see him in spirit. That works. And uh yeah, he was like my little my little twin. I l- I love that you name him Nick Naked. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> that was him. That's great. Yeah. Weirdest secret talent. My weirdest secret talent? Yep. Huh. Um what is my weirdest secret talent? Um 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 being being a wannabe like highway patrol officer. Oh, I have a talent. Uh, I have a talent for telling telling 
you what the offense is that someone has done in their vehicle. I'm a very, I'm, a, I'm anti-speeding. I'm like the worst. Bifter's price by rolls down the wheel. Slow down, fucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I am the worst person in the world, and everybody knows it. And people just like are, I'm insufferable, actually, uh, because I want to have a meeting with the Minister of Transportation for Ontario so that we can implement some sticker program ideas that I have. I love it. You let us know when that happens. We will totally <laughs> Yeah, be in we'll your rally corner. behind you. Yes. <laughs> we both got Thank kids. You. Yep. So. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Have you ever thought, fuck music, I'm going into accounting? Yes, but not accounting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. What, 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 accounting. Now I have okay. to ask. Yeah, yeah what, what was, was it? it? Like to quit my job and have another job? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that I would really like to be a police officer. Nice. That would be actually so cool. I could see you nights. I would love it. People down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Excellent. I don't think I could pass the pulpit, but you know. <laughs> How? This is a funny one. Have you ever peed on something public? Oh, my God, <laughs> the question. Have I ever peed on something Pe- Have you ever public? peed in, on something public, like public property? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Nice. Oh yes. New Delhi, India. <laughs> Wait, um, we didn't say get specific, but we'll yeah. take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, New Delhi, India, at the uh, at the um, at the parade, um, and then yeah, I had to squat on a cement block in the street. We've all been and lift there. up yeah. my sari. Yes, that does it. and I had to. One, you have to go. You have, you have to, to go. go. That's true. I tell that to my girls all the time. <clears throat> <laughs> That's right. Yep. Have you ever stopped one of your friends from committing a felony? Huh. <laughs> sad that I actually am not sure. <laughs> very sad. I was always like, egging them on. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. Well, actually, now that I think about it, now I'm shaking my head. I'm like, Yes, I probably have. Well, good for you. Yeah. Well, you're already going yes. down the right way to being a police officer. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I have. Yes, I have. Perfect. Yoga pants or track pants? Oh, definitely yoga pants. They're so comfy. It, uh, you know, I gotta I gotta pause this uh, the the rapid fire quick quick second because I've always imagined because as you mentioned earlier, like all your stage shows, it was always like a bra or a crop top or something, and I was always like ten to one she goes home and it's like a big baggy t shirt and some sweatpants. <laughs> now, That's now right. Actually, you know, I used to have, uh, collect vintage slips. And then we would always have slip. All the girls would put slips on after oh. the show because we just were so sweaty. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Right on. Yeah, I yeah. highly recommend them for for anyone. <laughs> well, I'm going to try me some slips. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and question number twenty: what's What's the favorite podcast you've been on in the last twelve hours? In the last twelve hours? Yeah. You know. How many I've been on? And uh, if you've been on more than us, I, I'm going to ask you who. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> I am going to say that there is only one that has been this 
freaking awesome. <laughs> and it's the it's the freaking awesome podcast. That is amazing. <laughs> we love I you. I think keep us all hanging there for a second where Wolf mentioned someone else. We had a past guest who was just someone else and we were just didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he was kidding. He was totally kidding. <laughs> Uh, um, so we have a, one last question for you, and uh, okay. that, it, it is a question that uh, we do with every one of our guests. So again, our previous guest will ask a question for the next guest, and you get to leave a question for someone else. And, oh, um, how nice. Yeah. So our last one, uh, last guest was uh, celebrity roast writer George Reinblad, and his question oh. for you was, true or false? That's it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Apparently, that was him. He just said, "Leave them hanging." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> typical comedian. Yeah. I love that. True. Oh, true. That's great. I love you. Go for the gusto and just say true. <laughs> so you have the option now to leave a uh, a question for someone else, or if you'd like, uh, we can connect with you later, and you get it some time to think about it, and then we can uh, leave it uh, for the next show. What would you prefer? Uh, it is totally up to you and whatever your schedule is like. If you'd like to reach out a little later and, and let us know, we're totally cool with that. I know you are close for time. Well, I'm happy to help in any way. Uh, you're, you're the like the nicest person I think I've ever met. <laughs> I know. You, you, you're just, you don't want to be like, listen, guys, I said we have this much time. I'm already over. You guys go screw yourselves. <laughs> um, you know what? How about we'll reach out to you later because you've already given us so much extra time. Um, and uh, if you, and it'll give you some time to think about it. Well, I do have, let me just double check with the uh, email I got from Eric. I do have your email. Perfect. You can just reach out to us. So and let us I know. can shoot an email to you. Let me just see if it's yours, Anthony. It's just the fa podcast at gmail dot com. That's a, yep. the, the fat podcast at gmail. Okay, yep. I will send you an email from my email. Perfect. And uh, and yeah, we can coordinate that. That's, I'm happy to help. That's wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Uh, we really, really appreciate your time, and uh, we hope that uh, you know. Obviously, you've got some new tours coming up and new album coming up. We would love to connect with you again at some point, or when the the new album launches, we would love to have you uh, even back to chat about that as well. Awesome. Thank you, you guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You guys are so fun. <laughs> well, you have been absolutely amazing. And uh, for the, the first female guest on our show, um, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't either embarrass ourselves or, or insult <laughs> you in any way. <laughs> Not possible. No, you guys are fantastic. Wonderful. Well, we would look forward to having you again on the show sometime. Okay, cool. Me too. And I'll send you an email to connect with you this week. That'd be amazing. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Beth. Okay, bye, guys. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. Take care. So thanks for tuning in to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. We hate to see you go. But we love to see you come. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, not again. Wicked sweet. Eh.